So just real quick, this is the Cheat Day Show. We're joined by uh, Nimesh Patel, who's a fantastic writer, producer, comedian, uh, friend. Uh, big, big thank you for, for doing the podcast. It's incredibly hard. Thanks for having me. To book podcast guests now because everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's got a podcast. So no one wants to do them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and plus you had just said, you know, you haven't really done a lot of these. So mm-hmm. kind of feel special. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's by design. I haven't done a lot because uh, then you get flooded requests and people are like, come do this to me. And I'm like, I would be worn so thin by the end of doing like, and like some podcasts are like, three people listen to him say like, i don't like we have at least four yeah i mean that's perfect that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's my crew. minimum that's the crew and hey we're not in bushwick that's where 99 yes. percent yeah, of these actually, things are being recorded this is a nice bike ride over the bridge from brooklyn uh took a stroll it's a beautiful day there's the comedy cellar and we're gonna feed you we're gonna feed you yes. some chicken I, i've asked our chef raf today what he's making he hasn't told me he told mm-hmm. me he's making three types of chicken uh-huh. based on your okay. request and your request was very specific no red meat yes why is that Religious. I haven't had it since uh, I I had it like when I was in eighth and ninth grade, and then I never really had any good red meat. Like I never had a good steak or anything like that. Like the closest I had was a burger from Burger King. But <laughs> at some point, I was like, I don't really need to eat this. And my parents, my mom always made like chicken at the house. So I was like, right, chicken and fish is cool. But uh, for religious reasons, I was like, yeah, okay. If I, if God says don't eat all meat i guess if i don't eat beef and pork and all that it should be all right i should be Just, reincarnated a little bit better well for our listeners what god <laughs> i'm hindu um i try to practice but you know life gets in the way but your baseline of not eating red meat should keep you in good terms for reincarnation yeah for right? a while you know I, otherwise i'm pretty good otherwise you know uh i don't need to do any uh eating of the cow to you know if I'm on the fence and that's the decision, and guys like, because you had that steak when you shouldn't have at Peter Luger's, like, my bad. You know, I don't, I don't need that to be yeah. a decision point. You know, oh, it's also good. a good health choice too. Like, just so yeah. happens, I feel like you're doing heart disease good. runs in uh, Indian families, um, in South Asian, South Asian people, like at a above average rate, from what I understand. So uh, I don't need to complicate that as well. And American people, so you got to double win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an Indian Thanks people. for bringing us down. This is a show about indulgences. And you Eat guys. all you want. But no, I mean, I'm glad this is as, cheat as day. He's, as he's sitting here at 1 o'clock with a pint glass of red wine. It's good for your heart. He's, oh, cheers. It's I good love for your heart. Energy. It's good for your heart. You gotta oh, I, have, love, I love the duality of, of comedians. Like, I don't do that, but I enjoy heroin every now and then. <laughs> well, the red meat decision is not a health decision. It's a religious decision. Right. It's my soul's decision for later. This is um, also now, a soul decision. Yes. <laughs> now, is, is your wife Hindu? No. Does she eat red meat? She does. Is that going to be complicated in the afterlife? Uh, it's up to her. Okay. <laughs> it's not for me to decide. Uh, whatever Yahweh says... And whatever she feels Yahweh's going to direct her, then that's that's all on them. Okay. You know, we're all Hindu as it is, um, even if we don't know it. But, uh, you know, we'll see how I it like, goes. I like the confidence there. Yeah, I like the is. confidence. Just <laughs> yeah. like you should know that you actually are Hindu. Yeah. You're just doing a bad job, Kitty. No, yeah, everyone's doing it. <laughs> Isn't that the belief, though, of every religion? That, like, every person is of... No. It's not? No, no. the Jews are the chosen people, and oh. right. they don't let you in the club. Oh, you have to pass okay. a test. Okay, they have exclusivity. Uh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a bit ridiculous. The Catholics believe everyone's a fucking sinner. You know what I mean? They're like You're everyone. Born with original sin, yeah. yeah, everyone's born. Which is a tough thing to grow up with. You know what I mean? Well, you grow up Catholic. 
Yeah, but retired now, you know, <laughs> because of all of the touching of the kids. Of like course. I didn't, I couldn't really, you know, get on board mm-hmm. necessarily. So I'm out. Did you see Plus, that video? I wasn't really tied to it. You know? Did you see that video of that pastor um, who said like uh, he confessed to his entire congregation that he had committed adultery with some uh, congregation member, and turns out the woman was in the room and. She was like, you took my virginity when I was 16, and you continued to have sex with me when I was a kid. <laughs> and then he kept trying to spin it as like, no, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, uh, this is how I framed it. And then the woman was like, no, you were a fucking child molester. Jesus. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, <laughs> beautiful video. I, I, I think I read a little bit about that, but I mean, if, if you're if you're there for Sunday services that day, are you just yeah. like, oh, oh. yeah? So, he got a standing O for apologizing, and then she came on, and and people were like booing him and stuff. It was fucking awesome. He got a, he got a standing O because they were like, at least it's not a little boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh this is a win for us. It's like at least she's not gay. Mm-hmm. Well, at least it's not an eight year old kid. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Right. There's definitely got there's got to be a lot of pastors out there having sex with like girls and getting away with it. Right. I mean, it's I just a little bit more palatable for their community. Exactly. I don't I mean, I don't know. Religion's complicated. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I mean, those. I, I don't, love I kicking don't, it off I, with the obviously, religion. The show. Obviously, yes. Obviously, do not have uh, relations with minors. That's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Anyone. But uh, Matt Gates, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out MG. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking right now, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about his, his buddy who was the, what, the tax collector in Florida. Who's that? The one who went to jail. Matt Gates is. Uh, his his wingman. Oh, in that's the whole too scandal. deep for me. I don't know. About oh, this. like he was. Uh, I forget his position in Florida, but he he had a like. He, that's the reason why Matt got roped into that is because his buddy was uh, like texting. And, oh, he's the dude who was like Venmoing girls like yeah, three hundred bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. guys. <laughs> if you learn anything, don't you, put it like, on Venmo. Well, like Venmo? what's Venmo? Don't. It's and I like bet cash. it was on public too. Yeah, he didn't no, even it make it private. Yeah. If you learn it's anything, gotta be cash. Fucking guys. Cash. That's what we always say on the cheat day show. <laughs> well, I uh, I went to the uh, you don't eat red meat, but I went to the Outback this week. That was my indulgence. Outback Steakhouse. Where? Street. But they have oh yeah. they have one in the city. Yeah, you know there's better steakhouses. <laughs> okay, so this is <laughs> you're in New York. This is I like I like a chain restaurant. There's probably like I two like, down the street. <laughs> one time I was dating a girl and we went to Outback and she was really laying into me like there's so many good restaurants in New York City and you take me to the Outback this is it. like she's laying into me and the waiter comes over and he goes before he says anything he goes Liza Minnelli's right behind you <laughs> and I was like you see that she sings New York New York right. That's she was fantastic. Liza Minnelli was just pounding a blooming onion it was of like course. the best day of my life the blooming onion is pretty good yeah it's pretty good it's stuff fine. yeah 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 that's very endearing of you. I feel like you're kind of blue collar at heart that you still go to Outback. That's Outback's a cute. good steakhouse, man. Where is Outback? Twenty third Street, uh-huh. up the block from Gotham. And I uh-huh. bet uh, is it all? Is this you and then tourists? It's like I bet this is the best steakhouse <laughs> in New York City. Probably, but hey, listen, <laughs> hey, listen. You know, uh, Nate used to go to Applebee's in New York City. Yeah, look, time, so. I can't knock. I never had it, so I don't know what a good steak is and what a bad steak is, but. I do know that my wife goes to Peter Luger every now and then. And, uh, it's a good steakhouse. Yeah. Friends have gone to... One of my friends just went to Jack and Daniel's. Jack and Charlie's down the street. Yeah. It's apparently fucking incredible. Uh, they do have a fantastic duck meatloaf. I would highly recommend it. You eat duck? Yeah. I, f- I feel like there's a lot You're, of blurred lines just, here. It's not birds. It's just birds. It's, he's he's eating birds. Ducks are cute. He's eating birds. <laughs> That's it. Ducks are cute until... I was in, uh, where was I? I was in Huntsville, Alabama, 
and I was at the city park and I was walking and there's like a group of four ducks and I guess like one of them felt threatened so it like flashed its uh, ass at me and it was a male duck. You know how ducks have like uh, squiggly like super... Yeah, the corkscrew penises. Corkscrew dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my God. That's so funny you got to see it. They're all cute until you see a corkscrew dick. <laughs> that shit well, is disgusting. Well, I know what I'm going to be Googling later. Uh, You're a dog. <laughs> yeah, look like pasta. <laughs> You're one of the few comedians, I think, that like you had a future uh-huh. and you chose comedy like you're you're kind of an accomplished guy in comedy but even besides comedy you were already on the right track you were a guy who went to Stern Business School at NYU uh-huh. undergrad undergrad yeah yeah that's yeah, still yeah. that's a really hard school to get into yeah it was it was all right i mean i was i was down the street from here but i was uh oh first dish Yo. oh shit what's up what? chef oh my chef rap just dropping rap. some oh food on us nice to meet you man what, what we, is that? What are we looking at here? So, so I got the other dish coming right now. What is this? What's the first one? That's just fried chicken. Just fried chicken? What's the That's sauce? All it is. Uh, it's like a ramp uh, remoulade. A what? Remoulade? So, just, just give me one second. I'll be right back. That looks D- dangerous. You know what's crazy is that I've been looking for good fried chicken in New York because the places I used to go to really fell off. A lot of places fell off because so of the pandemic. So many places fell the, off. The, not, and this is pre-pandemic, I think, uh, the two places I would go to. Well, the one place I would go to pre-pandemic fell off. And then uh, uh, the other place I just went to recently, I was like, fried chicken has changed in New York City. And I don't know what happened, but can, uh, sweet chick fell off. Sweet chick did fall off. Sweet chick fell oh, off. Oh, my good God. He's got many dishes. I don't want to slander, but it really fell off. Sorry, Nas, What's if going you're on listening. With, maybe it's, is it the chicken or do you think it's the restaurant? It was, I don't know if it's chicken. What is uh, this? Oh, he's dropping oh some heavenly. It smells chicken. heavenly. It really oh, smells shit. great. Thank you. I'm just going to finish it with some sauce. Okay. Oh, my goodness. This uh, looks incredible. For the listeners, Raph got really sort of oh, highbrow here today. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's jazzing I did not here. expect a man in this t-shirt to be cooking food like this. this right? <laughs> oh. It's such a mystery. There's a drizzle. There's a drizzle on my chicken. I will have so much more for respect for people wearing vintage Pantera t-shirts. Absolutely. The Pantera, who is that? No, this is uh, this is my boy's brand. Actually, it's called it's called Among the Prime. Among the Prime. No longer exists. Actually, he changed it. It's no longer Among the Prime. No sir. I just want you to know, Raph. I had Outback recently, so there's a lot of competition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you should. Uh, let's see how this stacks up to it. I mean that that's I. Chicken too. I need this to is... eat that. Right, that's the fried chicken. I need to eat that. This is all. What is what is this? Uh, this is roasted chicken. Roasted chicken. chicken and fried chicken for, for Nimesh because he said he didn't want any red meat and he uh-huh. said he was a big chicken fan. Yes, so I'm going to have, uh, uh, you got to explain to us what we're eating here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do the fried chicken. So this is um, potato chip crusted fried chicken. It's Zaps uh, Voodoo. Don't fuck around. It's the best chips ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some pickled ramps, which are, it's a very seasonal um, vegetable. It's in the onion family. Mm-hmm. So only grows for about six weeks in the year. Um, it's really strange because you, you cannot grow them at all in a farm. They're only wild. So Why not? I, I'm not a farmer. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you. Uh, but they are only, only in, the, in the northeast of America. Um, and yeah, ramps? You could just find them in like parks and shit They're like that. Called ramps? Yeah. R-A-M-P-S. R-A-M-P-S. Yeah. Ramps. And yeah, so this is just fried chicken and ramps. Uh, it has like a... Um, kind of like a remoulade that has ramps in it. The ramps are pickled, charred, and is uh, that that pink thing? That's the ramps. Yes, sir. Got uh, it. Those those are pickled, so mm-hmm. they're they're pickled in a in like a rosé vinegar. So Ooh. that's why it's kind of on the pink side. Okay. 
Um, and then, yeah, kind of like more of an elevated dish. Um, the one that's plated and has the kind of bullshit flowers and mustard greens on top. The bullshit, so, fla- the bullshit flowers. Yeah, but they, <laughs> it's a great are, presentation. they are in the onion family, so everything is there for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. it's not... And it's springy. Yeah. Yeah, so this it's just a celebration of spring. Spring, yeah. Spring's a wonderful, wonderful season. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, heritage brick chicken. It actually is that. It's not not just that. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just chicken, ramps, and also some, some, some asparagus. So, yeah, it's just, that's, that's all it is. Just kind of done in, like, a bunch of different ways. Yeah, hell um, yeah. Let's fucking go. Yeah, see, I didn't bring you guys forks and knives. No, yeah. So, Utensils okay. would be a little... Just dig in. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't. I'm going to go get those. I'll be right back. Thank you. Well, there you go. We like to. We Raffle wanted to treat you right, man. Look at this. This looks amazing. This looks so good. Oh, this this looks like I'm not dressed good enough for this food. (laughs) This is the kind of food you're like. I should have worn a suit. It looks very skinny. I don't know what that is. That's is that what he said it was? I don't know, but it's very. I think I think that's that flower shit that he was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. This is uh. This is your cheat day, Nimesh. So. This is a lot better than I would eat on a cheat day. I'll tell you that much. I definitely, you got to do me a favor. Hold Fried the, chicken and chips. Hold the bowl to your face if you don't mind. I want to get a. Which one? This one? Yeah. Let's get a nice shot of you and your, your fancy food. Look at this. Chicken and flowers coming right up. <laughs> Could I get the mic stand? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you were saying. Uh, oh, dude, you're like, you, you were a guy that was, uh, you know, set up, you know, uh, to do big things in the real world. And you're one of the few, like, there are, there is that strain of comedian who gives a lot of stuff up to do comedy. And you're certainly one of them. Like, you were stern than pre med, like, you well, know. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I gave up a lucrative career or anything like that. I just had a decision point to make at some point in my life. And, uh, I just chose, uh, I, well, I didn't really choose until 2015 or 2016. Like, so I graduated in 09 from, 08 from NYU with a pre-med finance degree, but I dropped pre-med my junior year because I got a C in Orgo and I was like, I'm not doing this shit anyway. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about it. And then I was a finance major, but I was only a finance major because it was a thing to do. Yeah, I, I was at the best school. I was like, because I was, I joined in the College of Arts and Sciences, like their main, the big school. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then That's I transferred crazy. to Stern because I was at NYU, and I was like, I had good enough grades to transfer. I was like, I'm at the best school, might as well transfer. Yeah. Transferred, got a. So everyone else is doing finance. I'll do finance. I don't really know much about it, but let's figure it out. And then I thought I could. I was just an overconfident uh, student. Where I thought I could just. Yeah, I, I did great in high school. I could figure this shit out, no problem. Turns out everyone did great in high school. That's why they're at this fucking school. And uh, uh, I graduated without get landing a banking job, which is all my friends had done. And then I was like underemployed, bumble fucking around. And oh uh, nine, I was like, I got to do something because I was underemployed at Bloomberg in New Jersey, like living at my parents' place. And I was like, eh, what do I like to do? I like writing. I like making people laugh. So. Gave comedy a shot, and then once the bug hit, I was like, I gotta do stand up. Now I gotta find a job leveraging my finance degree that will let me live in New York, make enough money to pay rent so my parents don't have to pay for me, and I can still do this. And once I got a job, then my parents got off my dick, even though I wasn't making any money. I was like, you know, making assistant money, which is decent to live in New York, but like I wasn't banking like my friends were. But I was still doing stand up after like six o'clock, I could go. 
do open mics and shit. Right around the corner. It's my sec first open mic ever. Which one? Actually, second open mic ever in New York. My first one was Eastville, when, back when Eastville was on 4th sure. Street. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my first my open mic over here was um, Comedy Corner. Oh, God. I don't know if you remember Comedy Corner. Was, was PJ like, running it at that time? Or? Uh, PJ sounds familiar, but I don't, th- I don't know who the fuck's mic it was. But that was like, that was a mic I would go to a lot. And I, I remember I'd bring friends there and shit. It was, a, it was dope. It was a great time. So, uh... It was a Cadoba Com- right on this corner too. Comedy Corner was previously Sal's Comedy Hole. I never knew Sal Froyo ran that, and he would he originally started the Grizzly Pear, and then he moved down the block to the Comedy Corner. Okay. Nimesh is eating the roasted chicken. He looks happy. Sorry, it's really good, Ralph. Thank you. No, no, we we don't mind the food noises, man. Chew into the mic. That's part really... of it. it. It's called cheat day, my man. Mm-hmm. Just just hit it. Yeah. So there's there's just chicken fat riddled all over everything. I mean, I mean, I thought I'd tell you that before you took a bite. Um, yeah, that's 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 the cheat day situation. Um, but yeah, we got the fried chicken over here. Feel free to hit it. I'm it's saying crunchy. The best for last. Yes, sir. Uh, how long how long did it take you to like start start actually making money and comedy? You know, yeah, I'm sure it took a long time. We're, we're right? all still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. Actually, wait, so am I. We're doing this for the free lunch. Did you know yeah. that? Uh, I've been doing this for seven eight years, and I mean I'm basically just uh started doing my own thing like a year and a half ago two years ago so well, i didn't i'll make money on spots and stuff like 20 bucks here 50 bucks here whatever like that but nothing to like live and i was still i worked in finance until i was in until 2016 2015 right. chris rock saw me at my show called uh, broken comedy at bar matchless that i used to run with michael j and mike denny and then um uh, that was summer 2015. That was also the same summer that my job was like up in the air because I was working as a associate at this family office, um, like helping decide where people, rich people, invest their money. And then uh, that summer, that job was going to end for like, and then we like had had a six month window where we had to like find new jobs and shit. And it was that same summer that Chris Rock saw me and was like, "You're really funny." And then like three months later, I got a job in the Oscars. Wow. November of 2015. That job ended January 2016. February 2016, I was in LA writing on the Oscars. And uh, and then after that job ended, I thought I was going to be, you know, working in comedy for the rest of my life. I thought people coming, people calling me, oh, you were writing for the Oscars. Here's this job. Here's this. Do this show. Do that show. Do, that, do stand up here. Do stand up there. I remember Sunday night, I was at the Oscars in a tuxedo in Governor's Ball, hanging with like Aaron Rodgers and Louis C.K. and all these motherfuckers. Like, every, every, people on the dance floor dancing with their Oscars in the hand. Monday night, I'm eating pizza outside of the comedy store waiting to do three minutes on an open mic. That's how life works, right? The dichotomy. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, comedy, dude. That's And that's just how... And, and it just hit me like, this shit is not going to be as easy as I thought. And I was like, I might have to go look for a real job because my real job just ended. And I couldn't go back into the finance world because... There was no way I'm gonna. I was gonna make the same amount of money I was making my finance job, and still be able to do a nine to five. I was too progressed in my finance career to like go back to being an assistant. Like no one would have hired me, and um, to do an associate level job, I'd have to quit comedy because that's like a fucking twelve hours a day. Like you have to really be love that shit. So I thought I could be a copywriter. It's like I just wrote in the Oscars. How hard could fucking writing? advertising be i just i just work for chris rock like do you know what the fuck i am they didn't give <laughs> and did you have an agent at this point no okay 
They didn't give a shit. No one gives a shit in the copywriting <laughs> world. Like, fuck we, we're all funny. You're not copywriters. You, you, anyway. <laughs> uh, you have a portfolio? No, I don't have a fucking portfolio. I went to the fucking Oscars. How's that for a goddamn portfolio? <laughs> um, and then for like four or five... And then Hassan got a, the congressional... A yeah, got the congressional correspondence dinner, and he helped me. I, I wrote on that, um, so that helped me out a bit. And then... Um, I was like uh, floundering for a bit, and then I got. I think Comedy KO happened for like two or three months. I was a show on oh, um, Knockouts on True TV. Yeah, Comedy KO. Yeah, Comedy yeah, Knockout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did that for a few months, and then uh, when that ended, I was like, "What am I gonna do now?" I was like, "No, oh, I think at this point, I was like, I'm just gonna comedy jobs happen to just come randomly when I'm like praying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just keep praying, and then and then I wrote for Aquafina's show when she had a show on Verizon Go 90, and then after that ended, I was like. I'm just gonna do comedy. It took like a lot of signs for me to just, like, just do comedy, you know. It's but, uh, but I mean uh, to your point. So the last gig we did together mm-hmm. was for uh, Sachin at that Mexican restaurant. So it's me, dude. What? Me, Mesh, Wait, I met Sachin and, at Shiva's and, show. And right? the the Lucas brothers, mm-hmm. and they're going to the Oscars because their movie had been nominated the next week. And we're sitting at this table in a crappy Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. And there's a mariachi band opening for us, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to the Oscars next week." And I, we're would, like, oh. I would love to see that. That that sounds incredible. We all ate various dicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, that's one of those shows where they're like, "Do you want to go first? You're like, "Yes, please, God, yes." Let's do, quick, drunk, quick, quick. Drunk ass lady kept interrupting. I remember her. What's her name? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I don't remember her name. I do remember. She was like the the sister of the boss. That yeah, the she was, was. She was wasted. She was trash. I never forget her. Like her face. If I saw, her, I saw her like two weeks later outside of the same Mexican restaurant, and I just crossed. The she street. just hangs out at that Mexican restaurant. Guess, she must live really? nearby or something. Was she just fucked up, or was she actually heckling, like actively no, antagonizing? She was, she was actively antagonizing, drunk as shit. And I was like, I, I'm not a, a super like mean, aggressive person, but I was just like, you need. No one's ever told you shut the fuck up. Like, it was, but it was, it was a room like maybe half the size. And this was. Uh was this before? I mean, it was it was still COVID, but it was. I don't know if it was. No, it was definitely it was, whatever. I don't. I can't. I, can't I don't remember what. I do know that it was just crazy that we're at this this awful show and there's there's uh, four of us and two two of the four are going to the Oscars the next week. Yeah, and we're so like, it had to be 2021. It had to. It wasn't this year. It was the last year. I think it was last year, and they won, by the way. Um, but it was, yeah, it was. Um, it had to be 2021 because it wasn't 2020 because it wasn't COVID, so it, was, it had to be 2020. Oh no, it was it was definitely after the vaccine. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely after the vaccine. Oh, this is very recent. Yeah, yeah, but it's just that's comedy. Like you're one minute you're like doing the coolest thing in the world, and the next minute you're still at a restaurant. Yeah. Can I eat this piece? Yeah, yes, jump sir. into the fried yeah. chicken. Go for it. That one. Yeah, oh man, get God. a little bit of that sauce. But uh, now, when you started, did you like? Because I feel like the dynamics changed. Did you ever have any visions of uh, wanting to go on the road or wanting to? I honestly had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I, I, I like people are such comedy nerds and like everyone. I knew when I was eleven, I wanted to be like George Carlin. It's like I would quote Chris Rock when I was in high school, and I would watch Russell Peters when I was this freshman in college, and that's how me and my still one of my closest friends like became good friends. And like that was the first comedy set I ever showed my parents, but I still had no idea what I was. Fast forward to comedy ten years later or whatever it was, like I don't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but like I'm not a com- comedy historian. Like I don't, 
I can't say I've studied comedians. I've watched Chris and I've watched a few others, like their sets and stuff, but and Patrice and whoever. But I'm not like a super geeked out. Remember when in 1984 George Collins said this on this, like, like shout out to Sam Morrill and Mark Norman, all these guys who make me think like I don't know shit about comedy because these motherfuckers. Sam are, majored in stand up comedy at NYU. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. Is that really a thing? No, it no. shouldn't be. <laughs> no way. Someone, Is that really took, a thing? Someone took 120 grand off of him to get a degree in stand-up comedy. Well, NYU ain't cheap. He went to CAS, crazy. College of Arts and Sciences. This is also very good. Yeah, thank wow. you, sir. Yo, can I? Can I? What's your favorite? The roasted or the fried? Fried, of course. Yeah. Potato, potato chip skin. Yeah, doggy. How do you make fried chicken unhealthier? <laughs> potato skin is fucking delicious. That's exactly what you got to do. Um, so do you feel like you learned from the people around you the most? Like, because I guess you're completely self-taught, but what was like the the medium per se? Or were you just like railing specials, just watching YouTube videos? And I don't know. I just thought stand-up was you get on stage and say things for five minutes and hopefully they're funny. And like if I'm writing something and I laugh at it, then it's got to be funny, right? And that's how it went up initially. The first open mic was at Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Vinny Brand Stress Vinny Factory. Vinny Brand Stress Factory. Shout out to Vinny. Was uh, uh, Julian still there at that time or no? I think so, yeah. I don't know if he was working there, but he was definitely like... He was the, Julian McCullough was the house MC and... Oh, he didn't, he didn't MC when I was there. It was, it was Vinny's show that night. Okay. Um, from what I remember. But um, I, I don't know if it was Vinny's show, but he definitely did like 20 minutes on... He does every show. But he did 20 on mine, particularly because... I had brought 20 cousins. <laughs> I had stacked the deck. You know, it was like the most packed that open mic had been in a very long time. So he went up and just fucking, you know, did 20, shot out my cousins the whole time. It was beautiful. And then Rich Voss went up. Oh, wow. And I think Bonnie McFarlane was there. Because um, they live nearby or whatever. They live in, I think, Patterson or something. But, um, I know Rich is from Patterson. But whatever it was. But when I started comedy, I didn't really have any ideas to the only comedian I'd ever seen for real was Rock and um, Dana Carvey. Like, those are the two sets I remember growing up as a kid, but stand-up was never a thing. Like, I never watched it. I was never obsessed with it. I never got... Did you watch SNL, though? No, I didn't watch that shit either. Okay. I would watch random episodes, like if something was popular. He didn't watch that shit either. He wrote for SNL. I know, I know. That's why I asked. Just just a quick note. (laughs) It's just like, that's the thing. Like, I've just kind of... uh, I feel like a bit like Kramer and that I've just fallen ass backwards into a lot of shit that I had no business being part of. And I just always thought, honestly, and this is not like hubris, but I just thought comedy would be easy because I can speak well and I can write well. How hard could it be? <laughs> I think that so, mindset benefits you. But yeah. it was no, I mean... What God was saying to me was that you need to be humbled because I definitely got humbled by comedy every fucking every step of the way, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the the better things of this profession is that if you want to be good at it, you have to be humbled almost weekly. Every minute you're on stage, there's an opportunity for God to tell you you ain't shit. That, but I mean, that's why these <laughs> these big celebrities yeah. come back and do these sets in these small rooms because it it makes them find the funny and. You know, the audience is psyched to see them, but at the same time, the audience is like, yeah, we don't really care. So get to it. Mm-hmm. Right. There's humility in a fucking microphone. Yeah, it's like it's like really similar to, to, to when I started cooking. I mean, you're 
basically getting yelled at. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, for me, by somebody probably half my size, and they're they're like talking mad shit, and you know, you just have to do what they say, and you know, if you if you kind of don't have the right attitude, you just gonna get kicked out of the kitchen, and then you know, you got to go back to being being an assistant. What's the you know? process for a chef? Is you start out as like a busboy, and then um, so like how how it. it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I did, but like how it should be is you start out on the very, very bottom. So you're, uh, so you're basically washing dishes, right? Right. So that, that's how you begin. Did you go to culinary school or did you? I did. Yeah, that was that was like eight years ago. One of the biggest regrets of my life. I mean, I would, really? I would Which have one? rather. I went to a place called ICC. It's in uh, Soho. Uh, no longer exists. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would rather have just spent that money to like go to Asia or like go to Europe and taste food and you know kind of like did you know like, you want to be a chef um i was i was studying for finance first uh -huh. and then <laughs> bunch, oh there you go a bunch of fail finance people here yeah man <laughs> fuck finance. i think men are just taught do finance it, do business no yeah, yeah. You should go for it. i think it's like yeah. gendered in a way that they're like no if you don't know just do business do finance and then it's like wait i'm kind of artsy yeah you know it was I mean? horrible like, oh i'm a little creative i can't do yeah. the desk thing like whereas i think Women are a little bit, and this is not to say, I mean, women still make a lot less money, et cetera, et cetera. We're still discriminated. I think we do have a little bit more <laughs> freedom in terms, in, of, in terms of choosing some disciplines. I think we have a little bit more leeway in, like, in some of the feminine or like seen as more feminine arts, if so, you will, not comedy. Right. So, I mean, I, I, and I'm guessing, I don't know, but like, yeah, no one cared what I did. So that's why I was free to do comedy because really no one in my life was like, you shouldn't do that. They didn't care. They yeah. really didn't care. Yeah, I mean, well, your dad was, thought that, you were acting, That was similar right? to me too. Yeah, yeah. He had no idea. Yeah. He had none, no your clue. Your dad doesn't even know who you are. No clue who I am. But I think... <laughs> he thinks you and your brother are the same person. Pretty I don't intense. have a brother, but thank you for paying attention. <laughs> what is this? I am paying this? Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. You and your brother. I don't have a brother, Dad. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I went to college like basically just to be in an organized party setting mm -hmm. more or less mm -hmm. and right. it was it was in manhattan so you know i just kind of knew that i would have a great time and then i just stopped going to class and you can't do that so it's yeah it's a social it, practice it college. was great so much fun it is but i mean yeah. like I was, like with you you had real pressure on you you know your parents i'm yeah. sure weren't thrilled when you were like hey remember that nyu degree no, throwing no. it away no 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 i never forget that phone call oh when I told my mom I was dropping pre-med, junior oh, year. Wow. I never heard a woman scream. Junior year? Junior year I dropped it. So so that was... She screamed? You were in for three years already? Or that was I like, was in for three years at that point. Wow. And, uh, How'd you feel about that? Again, I very rarely, even to this day, have any idea of what I'm actually doing. It's just like, I'll figure it out. Um, and at that point, I wasn't, I wasn't mature enough to be thinking about the future. I was just like... I'm thinking about right now. I hate this shit. I don't want to do it. It's clearly like I'm not. You were bad at it. You got to see an orga. Like, an orga. Oh, man. It was slapping C. you in the face. Just. And I was just like, wow. All right. And, and you know, there's a lot going on outside of, externally outside of just studies and stuff that was impacting my brain for real. But uh, it was just a point where I was like, I don't want to do this. And then, um, and then my parents were like, all right. Well, I, they weren't like, all right, but they were like, well, we can't do anything minus pull you out of school, and we're not going to do that. So it was like, well, you better make something of yourself. And uh, so don't worry, I still have a finance degree. The fuck that was. 
whatever that finance degree was because it was like pointless because I wasn't recruiting anywhere you know like and again like this is my fault in that I had no idea what I was doing with the recruiting process because I never really wanted to do this shit in the first place and you were kind of late to the game don't people sort of recruit more like end of sophomore year like you sort of learn how iBanking goes and like you do the recruitment events but if you get on board too late in college you're kind of back where everyone else is you're not in the same path it's so sensitive you 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 went a pretty fucking far away without without actually like wanting to do any of this stuff like that's how many years that's like seven years of college Three, three. Oh, no, four, right. four. It was four. Okay. My finance degree was an undergrad finance degree. Okay, okay. But got you. Like all my friend, like some of my closest friends who got finance degrees undergrad are now like running billions of books, you know, at hedge yeah. funds and stuff. So it's not like you need to go to get an MBA and stuff. But like that's who I thought I was going to end up being, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hard crash of reality come out of NYU in 08, not with with a, no job in tow and. No plans to move to New York at any point. I, I figured this shit out and then go back to Jersey, live at my parents' place for like a year and a half until, you know, I had a friend give me an internship. And I was interning at his fund for a while while I was doing stand-up and it was all brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Finance sucks. It all uh, gave me a lot of humility and at the same time put a chip on my shoulder when it came to stand-up because it's like if I was in this world where I was doing finance and pre-med at NYU, still very good school, how hard could comedy be? Turns out, fucking impossible. Yeah. I think it does give you some confidence, though, in comedy where other people will waver. Maybe they haven't tried anything else or tried to pursue anything else. I think if you've already tried to do other things and you're like, I literally can't function in society doing other normal jobs. I think this is it for me. Mm-hmm. Then you have sort of like, there's a no other mindset that you're just like, all right, well, we're here. This is what we're doing. I've tried everything else. Sorry. That's really what it was. Sorry, I'm getting too deep today. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, what I'm curious about is, so when you hit the rough times in stand-up, did you ever think you were going to be successful? And was there ever a moment of, like, this may not work out, but I'm still going to do it, or I'm just going to stick to my guns and I think I will be successful? I never thought I would fail because I really didn't have anything else I could do. <laughs> there was moments where I was like, shit, I got to go, you know, get go back to pre-med and like just see what happens there or whatever but that was very early on you know like when i was still like figuring shit out but then i saw a lot of my peers become very successful and like hit their milestone and every time it was dark something bright would happen i'm like oh okay i'm on the right path and you know in hindsight that was just i should have been looking for those signs from the universe the whole time and identified those signs from the universe at when they were signs from the universe and confirmed that I was on the right path. But I didn't do that. I wasn't mature enough to do that. But now I do that all the time. But no, there's never a moment I was like, this shit ain't for me, man. I got to hang this up. Because it was just like, I, I was, I didn't have time to do that. I was too inundated with writing jokes and figuring out what was funny and getting on stage. You know, there's always a mic to go to. Mm-hmm. There's always something to do. And it's like, all right, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm just, why would I stop doing it? Because I can still just do it. It costs me nothing. Right. And you can make, like, even if, I don't know, if you reason in your head, you're like, I could be pretty shitty at this and still do this for a living. You know what I mean? But, like, my, my obviously you want to be better. My eyes and heart were always on 
keeping up with my finance friends. You know what I mean? It was like, like I went to school with these motherfuckers, and they're all making billions of dollars. I should at least be doing that. And granted, my lifestyle is a lot easier and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, that was always partly motivating. It was like, I'm just as smart or whatever as these my, my closest friends. I should be just as successful, at least on a monetary level. And that also drove me to keep going. But it was like, at one point, I was like, what the fuck else am I going to do? Oh, what were you doing for five years that you were uh, just an assistant at uh, you know this investment bank? You went to NYU. I was like, oh, I was doing stand up for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, you, you've, <laughs> swam, you've swam too far from shore. You know, like, that's, like, a, that's a real problem I when you like, there's too much of a gap in your resume. Just keep swimming, man. Yeah, well, you yeah. don't have a choice at this point. Right. Yeah, it's either drowned or uh, make it. Although now I bet with some of my accolades, I could go, hey, NYU, I want to get an MBA here. And then I could go get an MBA and figure that out. And, and, uh, and, and you know, entertainment or whatever. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to. Would uh, that would that benefit you at all? No, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I would kill myself. <laughs> I don't think I would yeah, want do to that. do that. I'm just saying I think I could. But there is like a moment where you swim so far from shore. We're like, I can't swim back now. I just got to keep swimming and I, hope there's something else. Listen, yeah. I texted someone earlier and I went, oh, shit, I think I'm too old to join the Marines. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's over for like, you. Oh, no, that was my backup plan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I could join the NBA right now, I would. But, you know, there's a lot of reasons I can't. <laughs> the least of which I'm too into comedy. <laughs> you know? No, but you're doing well now. You're touring. Uh, touring, I'm working. Yeah. So, and I, I feel like you built this tour yourself. I did. So can uh, yeah, uh, and with the, the help of my agent and manager, obviously. But yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, <laughs> you, 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 you cultivated a fan base, mm -hmm. and you've arranged a tour. And why don't you tell us about that and your success? TikTok. Thank you, China. I love you, China. China's the best. No better country in the world than China. If America were a lot like China, we'd be a perfect nation. Uh, <laughs> America's, China, China's awesome, man. No one's shooting up no schools in China, and if they are, you don't hear about it. You know this why? This episode is paid for by China. No, I just, I just shout out to my wife and uh, Sahib Singh, who told me to put shit out on TikTok, and uh, I did. And luckily, I was an early adopter, and uh, or relatively early to the peers of mine who were doing stuff on tiktok now and it's not like i was dancing or anything i was just putting the stand-up clips because i had shout out to the seller like a huge treasure trove of clips that were editable and high quality clips that had good audio and were good jokes and stuff and that i wasn't doing on the road or, or wasn't doing um you know at shows or anything like that i was throwaway material at that point you know still good comedy but not stuff i was working on so I could get rid of it and without the fear of people seeing it and no, we saw this shit already. And uh, I was working at the Lily Singh show at the time. This is 2021 now, mm -hmm. um, which feels so fucking long. What ago. were you doing there? I was just a writer. Okay. Um, on her late night show, season two, and uh, I put started putting stand up out and managing my TikTok by myself, just putting shit out. And I, at some point, I just started seeing a lot of traction, and then I was like, How can I utilize this to? Um, promote myself and then excuse me I had a I had a tour date booked with Eddie um, I'm not sure if you guys know Ed from do you know Ed from Houston he's a, a engineer by trade off uh, his last name is Aviles I believe um, but he's a he's a booker out there but he's an engineer by trade but like he just loves comedy and started booking this room called the 
uh, comedy hub and uh, I'd done it in 2019 um, and sold like 70 tickets or something and then he was like we got to get you and he had booked you know for 2020 but then obviously pandemic happened so I couldn't do anything and then 2021 came around I was like you want to do it again I was like yeah let's fucking go and then I just saw an opportunity to say, let's see if I can use TikTok to promote this Houston show and it ended up being I could and I started selling a lot of tickets and I sold like I blew out what I did in uh, 20, 2019 it's like we had to instead of doing one show in a 70 person room we ended up doing four shows in a 200 person room and I was like oh shit this TikTok thing might be legit and then I lined up a bunch of shows around Houston I was like I'm gonna be in Houston might as well do Dallas and Austin and uh, San Antonio and ended up doing really well in those cities too you know sold out Dallas on Ramadan did like four shows in Austin did four shows in Houston and wow. uh and that was like proof to me that TikTok could be utilized for promoting stand-up and then my manager was like we got to get you an agent um and then shout out to TJ Mark Walter who like who hit us up I was like how do we like when Emesh is doing like what do you want me to rep and I was like yeah let's let's fucking let's go and then it was off to the races like we can't do weekends because everything's booked it's all like all the people that were put off in 2020 like the nate bargatzis and you know the taylor thomasons of the world who were like taking all the weekend they who had 2020 dates lined up we're now doing 2021 like weekend shows i and i wasn't shit i couldn't prove out that i could do um weekends yet yeah and so they're like do off nights and i was like all right i don't give a fuck i gotta go on the road I've never been on the road like for real like i never done the full tour um, up until last year, like I done a few dates, colleges here and there, but nothing like crazy. And uh, and so then I was like, I'm ready to go. Put me wherever we got to go. Route me from San Fran to Boston and back to fucking San Diego. I don't give a shit. Let's do it. And so we just lined up as many as we could. And everywhere I went on a Tuesday was it Tuesday in Nashville or a Wednesday in Boston, or fucking weekend in Tacoma, or wherever, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta's my first real weekend. You know, sold a bunch of tickets. Did really well, and blew out the markets, and people were like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Are you still doing your own TikTok, or do you have someone no, else doing I mean, it at I this hired, point? I hired a, a team do, to do it okay. in September. A team? It's a, the, <laughs> the company, that's, a, that's just called oh, the team. Right. It's, it's like a company, but it's like three or four people, two or three people that do it. But um, uh, but that, also just I mean just to be clear here, the fact that you can sell out on a Tuesday is amazing for a comedian. Yeah, it was because cool. that's what you want to do. You don't want to do the weekend. You want to sell out on Tuesday. I, well, be, I told I told my agent I was like, look, put me in an off night. I'll go do two shows on a Tuesday Wednesday, rather than kill my weekend in New York because I love being in New York. I want to be at the cellar. I want to hang with my friends. And you know they're not hanging on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I want to hang out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday with my friends and family and do all that kind of shit but you know that didn't materialize because i i was i had to take advantage of the fact that you know the iron was hot so i had to strike but um yeah selling out on a tuesday even here at the cellar that's like norton and robert kelly like even they don't always sell out mm -hmm. in the small room yeah but i mean those guys are well, they're doing it all the time but um a road date on a tuesday if you sell that out it's, it's amazing yeah it's you know people don't go out on tuesdays yeah yeah so yeah. people were coming out and, and that was just proof to a lot of these buyers like oh shit he can do something uh, who the fuck is this dude? And then on top of that, it wasn't, I wasn't just TikTok quote unquote famous because I was doing a dance and, you know, talking shit. It was, I actually had 
comedy behind it. There was actual stand-up. So when I get to the clubs, the staff and the people are expecting, who the fuck is this dude? And then I would just do a full hour set. It was like good shit. And like, oh shit, this fuck, it's a comic, you know? Yeah. And that that was the best part. It was like we didn't we didn't know what we were gonna get. But TJ and Ridge spoke very highly of you as a comedian, and then you went up and you actually did comedy as opposed to just bullshitting for an hour or whatever it was. Right. Um, and that was it. That was just uh, uh, a lot of tedious getting in my figuring out, trying to game the algorithm and figure out the algorithm. And try and it's still like a continuous battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why I hired a, I hired a, a company to do it all, just because it became too much too demanding yeah. like and tiktok in particular is the most demanding yeah, social to do for sure yeah and, but like i had to be on i wasn't really paying attention to instagram i wasn't really doing anything else and i was like uh it, it became too both time consuming and mental consuming because i was like and still kind of constantly on it but uh i was on it just every minute every day to my point where my wife was like stop you gotta stop i was like yeah. you're right um, sounds horrible yeah. it's just wow. fucking see like responding to comments seeing where people are responding to like yeah. seeing how the video is doing and and like ignoring the hate and like trying to be appreciative of the good but really just paying attention to the hate which is at that's the point where it's like i gotta stop doing this because it's gonna it's bad for my mental i go to sleep thinking about it wake up thinking about it yeah. oh my god um uh, but yeah, I mean the team has been very helpful, um, obviously with some guidance and stuff. But um, it's all been again like I had no idea what I'm doing. Well, no, I mean this is like this <laughs> just is, figure so, it out. Yeah. So there's there's certainly a lot of uh, TikTok people that are now going to stand up because they think it's a, an easy paycheck, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to do comedy. So that's what you're referring to. You yeah, actually, exactly. You're the reverse of it of a comedian mm-hmm. who is able to utilize TikTok right. to then deliver the good stand up. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's, I think that's important because what's happening is a lot of comedians are being pushed out of club dates for these these TikTok stars that don't know how to perform. No, I mean, and you know, and I, I don't bl- necessarily blame clubs for that because they got to sell drinks and sell they seats and shit, seats. and they got a lot to make up sure. for in the years that were closed. But I, I just benefited from the fact that they had a lot of open Tuesdays and Wednesdays, <laughs> and uh, you know, again, like shout out to Reg and, and TJ that they were able to like tell these clubs, no, he's legit, like he's done some shit before, like. He'll, he won't he won't uh, do 20 minutes of comedy and then you know flounder for, for oh, what else uh, anybody you know it wasn't anything yeah. like that and and I, I you know when I when I started lining these road dates up I was like I gotta have an hour to deliver to these people I gotta I can't just go up there and bullshit because I could bullshit for an hour no problem and it'd still be good but I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity that I had to you wanna be good craft a set you know do an hour so what's next then? What are your eyes on? I don't think you're going to be taking any more writing gigs. <laughs> uh, who knows, man? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going back on tour. I have another year of tour ahead of me. Um, at least until... Right now I'm booked through November. But uh, that's only because, you know, December and January will line up pretty soon. But yeah. Do you like the road? Is it stressful on your marriage? No, I mean, it's not stressful... It's a good question. It's not stressful on the marriage only because I worked at SNL. Shout out to SNL. Uh, I was there for a year, but it like kind of prepared us for the long ass schedule of like me being gone six days a week, twelve hours a day, kind of thing, and then coming home super stressed, going to sleep, waking up, going back to work, super stressed. You know, it was like that was here was a bit with the road. It was a bit better. Last year it was. 
a bit difficult only because the schedule was so fickle up in the air. Like it was a very ad hoc design. There was not a lot of rhyme and reason to it beyond we got to get you in every place you can be. And but now and we adjusted. You know, it took a little a while to adjust, and then we definitely took advantage of the fact that I would be going to some cool places that you know my wife had never been to, and I, I was like, "Yo, you got to come." Like she didn't come to St. Louis, but, but <laughs> you know, other cities like Chicago, or whatever. Like she, if she could, she'd pop in uh, or San Diego or San Fran. Like so, we had time to get it like that, uh, and we definitely made it a point to because you know. You hear the stories of like, oh, the road life is tough, man. You never know what's going to happen. And I was right. like, you know that going in, so you can prepare for that. You can be like, look, this is what the road is going to be like. We got to make sure that we still make time for each other and communicate and all that kind of shit. And on, on top of that, like, I knew, again, from the stories that I wasn't going to be out drinking every night, every time I was out at a show because I love, I love the sauce, but... The sauce don't love me, you know. So and I could, you know. <laughs> so so I couldn't. I didn't want to be one of these guys that drank till two o'clock in the morning and try to catch a ten o'clock flight every time I was on the road, you know. Because some of these cities, they they call you out. Come to Nashville and fucking drink with us and people in the crowd. You going drinking? Let's drink. I was like, nah, I can't have a shot. I, I just know I got to go back to the hotel room and go to sleep. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna be getting fucked up because if I did that every night, which I could, I would be dead. And so uh, that was a little. That prep was a little easier. Now and now with this tour, this leg of the tour, or this this second tour that I'm on now, uh, I'm doing weekends and have a bit more clarity on the schedule, so I can be like, yeah, come out. You know, like my, I'm doing Chicago for like four days, so my wife will come to that, and we'll go to Boston and hang out in Boston for a little while. And she also understands the profession. Exactly. You know, she was a waitress at Stand Up New York for a while, so she yeah. gets she gets the deal. Like she knows what it is. You know what I mean? So is that where you met? That's where we met. I oh my god! Put some game in and took a little long. Took a while. <laughs> took a very long time. Um, but we made it happen. You know. So yeah. Mazel, mazel. Thank you very much. <laughs> do, you, do you have like a you have like a favorite city that, that you go? I mean, I, I mean, have you ever been to Indianapolis? Are, I will never go to Indianapolis. Look, I mean, I've been to I've been to sixty something cities in the country. Well, I mean, favorite is obviously a difficult question, but Fav I'm just I'll answer the favorite question. Yeah. But for a person who's a chef. Right. The freshest food I had was in Indianapolis because what? all the food from America comes from the fucking Midwest. It's all farm shit. So I remember right. I, was, I was staying outside. I stayed at the Hyatt Regency in Indianapolis downtown across the street. I forget the name of the restaurant, but it was popping. And we got there, ordered food, and I was like, this is eggs and toast and lettuce. And I was like. God damn, this shit is fret Are the chickens in the back? Like, what, the fuck? what are they doing? I, I mean, they probably are. If you're, if you're in Indianapolis, it was right? so, and it was it was the same. I think we did the same weekend. I was I'm on the whenever I go on the road, I try to bring my friends Sahib Singh and Mookie Thompson with me. But we were we were on the road in Indianapolis the same weekend. The Future Farmers of America conference was being held in Indianapolis. That's like. People from Kansas and 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 14-year-olds with fucking Letterman farmer's jackets, <laughs> like, <laughs> like convening to talk about the future of fucking big corn and big chicken and all these places. And it was just like, yeah, exactly. And I was like, and then you eat the food there and it was like, 
Oh, God, this is the freshest shit I've ever had. It's just, I don't know what, and it wasn't expensive. It was just fucking fresh. As a chef, I just think it's, it'd be yeah. interesting to go to. Yeah. Um, favorite city? Back. What's that? A report back. Right? Yeah, what yeah. Are you gonna do that? Uh, might be a couple years. <laughs> I don't know, what's, man. What's your favorite? Uh, San Francisco. I was going to say, San Francisco yeah. is uh, it's just a beautiful city, minus right. all the shit that's going on there right now. I, still, I don't like a lot of people in San Francisco. I just think the entire city is inked is tied to uh tech tech and how tech has destroyed america and all these people yeah. pretend to be good but they're real they know what they're, they're evil pieces it's, of it's, shit right. it's the only people i would say that are that are worse than finance bros yeah because finance US, bros admit uh, it finance bros right. admit that we ain't we, we don't I, give I a fuck mean, we about that dollar but i mean they also work hard it's like it's like a tech bro like goes to fucking google and like you know works for half an hour and then like goes on a scooter and goes around the place yeah. just takes a nap in one of those like ludicrous little nap things yeah yeah <laughs> he's like i did a great job today i yeah. thought of some things you know it's like there's chamath balapatia is this uh billionaire sri lankan dude who's a former facebook exec and now is like hailed as a hero and i i always shit on him and it makes me feel bad shitting on him because he's a brown dude but i'm also just like he's also a billionaire so he's like a different class like right. you weren't still you, punching up still yeah you, you're not you're not we're not the same race. You are a fucking billionaire. And he gets all this hype because he's like all about social impact investing, which, by the way, is a scam. Um, but he is an interview. I, I first learned of him because he was talking about how he used to work at Facebook and he helped design the algorithm that got people addicted to Facebook. And it's like, that's fucked up. You so you created nicotine, Ugh. and now you want people to treat you as a hero, and that that to me is emblematic of everyone in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in San Francisco is part of some vile, evil shit, and they all know it. But they they quench their souls by saying no. But we care about people and gay rights, and it's like motherfucker, you are the problem. This right? They virtue signal, value signal, however you want to say it to to kind of yeah. I mean that is that is the perfect outlook. I, I I was there for a year and a half, and uh -huh. I was working the whole time, so like I didn't really see anything that I didn't want to see. Yeah, you know, I was like working or, you know, like getting stoned yeah, on yeah, a yeah. fucking moped and like just traveling, and that that was amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful city but to do that. It's in. so beautiful. Yeah, but like I didn't see any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like like when I would do events for like people from Google, like I would just pretend like i couldn't hear what they were saying yeah exactly i mean if you're too, blind yeah. to that san francisco's exactly. fucking beautiful yeah uh best spaghetti i still remember i went to san francisco 2015 for i think one of the first or second times uh we had just come from my friend hassan's wedding um from sacramento and we went down to uh san francisco and one of my friends had recommended delfina as a, a restaurant to go to and i remember in 2015 to this day i remember that's the best spaghetti I'd ever had. And it was just like, it was maybe wow. it was like 9 o'clock at night, and that's why it was so good. But I just remember it was so simple and perfect. And I was like, this is the best fucking spaghetti I'd ever fucking had. It was San Francisco. Wow. Yeah, yeah it was incredible. Um, San Francisco's amazing. What else? Chicago's really cool. Great food in Chicago. Chicago's yeah. fantastic. Uh, Do you like D.C.? D.C. Because you have friends, right? D.C. is my favorite city to do comedy in, and also D.C. is very close to my heart because my uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law, you know, are, um, my nephew lives down there, and, you know, like, D.C. is just a very, D.C. is dope. I love D.C. Yeah, I've been there like, for, like, five years. Yeah, minus yeah. July and August because it's Dude, sweltering yeah. hot. Um, D.C. is, I, I could move to D.C. I, if I were going to move to another city, I'd probably move to D.C. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah super smart. That, yeah. Food is amazing. Like the food is tight there. Yeah, food is really good. It got, uh, it, it got like it blew up like in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. That's 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 like the great part about it because they have they have a new food culture. Yeah. So like people people have to do special things and like I mean it's yeah. not, not like trying to stand out, mm-hmm. but it's like how do you separate yourself from all the other restaurants? Yeah. Yeah, we went you know? to I think uh, I was there. I opened for Aziz down there in twenty. 20- 18 maybe yeah i think it was my 2018 we went to kith and kin oh yeah yeah that place is awesome oh, mate, I, it closed i think but it was amazing when we went and uh we also had rose's luxury so fucking good obama's oh, favorite restaurant it's incredible yeah. like there's no good. you don't pick anything they just give you the whole menu and you're like you i think you pick like seven out of the eight dishes or whatever and like if you want you could have all eight uh, you have to wait in line to go you probably didn't have to no i didn't but, but uh uh yeah, we had no, we had, we got we got a table arranged and all that kind of shit. But um, it was fucking so good. The food there is incredible. Yeah, and that's just only two of the restaurants we went to. I'm yeah. sure they got it. I went to an Israeli restaurant there. Um, in uh, I guess a place 20- called Maidan that's insane in DC. Maidan, if you ever go back, never yeah. heard of it. Maidan, I think it got a Michelin star. Maybe mm. is it Israeli? No, it's like Lebanese. Oh, okay. I want to say, but like Middle Eastern, like generally. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's just the fucking. Because like all the smartest people, that's live what I always there. say. It's the AP, I say all the kids from every AP class in the country go to DC. Yeah. So you just have like perfectionists, overachievers, creating like very decent fucking art. Yeah, it's in food. it's awesome. Good comedy scene. Fantastic yeah. comedy scene. Room eight oh eight is fire there. I don't know if you guys have been to What's that room. Room eight oh eight. It's called. Is that Martin Amini's room? Yeah. Okay, I have not done it yet, but uh, it's really cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then. What I found when I was there, uh, really funny comedians. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was like, oh, great. So, like, you're going to do this professionally or move to New York? And they'd be like, nah, I got a good gig working for, like, the Library of Congress. So, yeah. I'm just going to do this. Nah, I'm, uh, I'm at Raytheon. You know? yeah. It's like, yeah. all right. It's super funny people who are just like, no, I'm going to keep this as, like, my second thing. Yeah. 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 Like, really super talented people, people. And they just had no, like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'll just yeah. do this show on yeah. Tuesdays. I'm happy. Yeah. Money's too good. And they're, they're actually doing, like, very impact. Some of them are doing, like, very impactful things. Oh, yeah. I'm a consultant. Yeah. And that's all they can say. Full-blown lawyers in the day. I'm sure you saw that post. Someone messaged me the other day, and I thought they were busting my chops. But this this girl, she said uh, she she loved comedy. She saw the show here, loved my set. She's going to leave her job as a human rights attorney to pursue stand-up comedy. Oh, no. And I thought she was being sarcastic. So I was like, I didn't make fun of human rights lawyers. Uh And she's like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, oh, God. What a fool. Did you tell her how to do it? Oh, but I... I, I would have said, hell no, do not do that. Yeah. I can't tell someone to do with their life. they got to figure it out on their own, you know? Yeah. But I mean, she did she Someone's going to ask you, right? Someone's going to no, no, stay in me. jail longer she than they should have because of you. Because she's got an open mic. Literally. She was Indian. She's leaving London, moving to New York to pursue stand-up comedy. Oh, no. Oh, no. You could have saved somebody's life. Yeah, man. Not to. And, uh, I'm, I'm ruining uh, the world one show at a time. Uh, everyone's free in England, man. Every, there's no human rights violations happening in England. It's like... Kind of a valid point, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a really fucking chill city. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to go to London, too. I haven't been to London, but... Uh, yeah, that would that'd be great. Yeah. New York's got a good food scene. Yeah, it's yeah. the best food scene. But, I mean, like, but it has fallen off, it's fallen I off. Yeah. Since the pandemic. Like, And I, I get it. Like, They've cut back on staff. They've cut back on ingredients. They've had to because they've taken such a hit on money. Yeah. And it's just it's just not the same. It's all. It's also just like absolutely impossible to hire people. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it, it's like different from when I started where it's like, fuck you, you're going to get paid shit and yeah. whatever. Like now, you know, 
somebody that has no experience will be like, hey, I want to get paid 23 an hour. I want to work 39 hours a week. And like, I want this and this and this. And I'm just like, are you, you're out of your mind? You have zero experience. Right. Where are you, Chef? Uh, I actually, I actually run my own company now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Doing so, catering um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, plug uh, it. plug it. Yeah. So there's kind of two layers. Um, um, Chef Raff NYC. Yeah, yeah, that's for you, man. This is your cheat day. There you go. Enjoy, man. Yeah, man. Get get a lot of that sauce. It's all about the sauce. Yeah, that sauce was. Um, but good. yeah, so it all, it's it's kind of like uh, there's a lot of legs of it. Um, some of it is like doing doing actually private events at people's houses. Um, I have uh, I've, I have opened a sandwich shop like two months ago now. What's it called? Uh, so it's at a plate. It's uh, it's at a place called Charlotte and Weber. So it's. They're like a pre-existing butcher shop, uh -huh. so it was just like a seamless transition. I mean, it took like probably a month to open, uh -huh. and it's finally at the point where I don't have to be there every day, which is amazing. What's, you know? what's the name of the shop? Uh, it's in within. Yeah, Charlotte, yeah, it's it's in there, and we're we're opening up a cocktail bar within a month together, and yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of like private events. Uh, there are there are a lot of ticketed events. There's there's like a pool tournament that I'm doing soon. That's dope, man. Yeah, uh, Nimesh, we're going to be doing a comedy show there next week. Charlotte, <laughs> dude, let's do it. I'm just, I I'm just saying. I mean, we've already played the Mexican restaurant. Right? Let's play the butcher shop. <laughs> Wait, hold up, hold up, oh, hold up, man. Oh, Sandwiches and comedy. Let's go. Did you ever? How long have you been in New York? Uh, I lived here since I was 18, kind of, kind of like on and off. Did you ever that, hear about the sandwich shop around the corner? I think it was on Bleecker, called Abadanza. No, I never have. Did you? Yeah. You went to NYU, right? Yeah. Well, I was a freshman, sophomore. There's a place on Bleecker between McDougal and whatever, 6th or whatever it is, called Abadanza. The best sandwiches I ever had in my whole life. Like, I still remember them to this day. They put these crispy onions on this fucking chicken and turkey. I was like, this Damn. is burned down in a fire, I imagine. Well, uh-huh. But it was fucking, and I can't, I can't meet anyone that's not, that went, that didn't go to school with me that knows the place, but... I was just trying to meet somebody that. Yeah, you need to find your Abadanza. It, it was incredible. Do you, yeah, uh, memory bank. Do you, you spend a lot of time in New York. Is this where you? I, I live here, so. Okay. I live in Brooklyn, but um. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna s certainly uh, blow your mind when you when you pull up. Just uh, let me know, and I'll make sure I'm there. Oh yeah, for sure. And I will make that sandwich for you. <laughs> it's by the comic strip. It's uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. 86 and second. Yeah, it's like right off the Q train. Um. You know, you come through, taste a lot of meats, which is dope. I'll bring my friends. Oh, you don't eat red meat, though. No, but my <laughs> wife does and my friends do. How about pork? Is that fun? I, I, I definitely read what he wrote to me. Uh -huh. Just just yeah. a, a turkey on a sandwich is banging. There we go. Uh, you know, that's my barometer for um, how good a sandwich Super spot is. simple, yeah. Classics. Can you make a turkey sandwich well? If not, then you ain't shit. It's you like cacio e pepe at an Italian restaurant. Exactly. That's a, that's a wonderful gotta, point, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful point. Pared down. The best sandwich shop I've been to in New York so far is this place called City Subs. It's in uh, it's on, it's on in Park Slope on Fifth Avenue um, between Bergen and, no, between St. Mark's and Bergen, I want to say. But yeah, I mean, they have the City sesame Sub. seed buns mm. with the sesame seed rolls. Yeah. Which apparently are like super hard to find. Like you can't. Those, those are the ones I use on on like some of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's like that that kind of aftertaste difference. that you get, like the roasted sesame seeds. Absolutely love it. I don't it. know what it is, but yeah, that's if that's what it is, it's delicious. Yeah, man. I yeah. just went to Laser Wolf last night or Monday night. Fuck you. I want to go there very badly. I, I mean, you, I mean, the reservations are no longer impossible to get, but if I'm, I don't want to share on the the food there. It was, it was fine. 
Really? I mean, Shuka, in my opinion, is better. Interesting. I'm a huge fan of of, of uh, Michael Solomonoff. Like, when I when I went to Zahav, his uh, spot in Philly, and you know, he has like a he ha- he has a bunch of spots out there, mm. and he just does it right. You know. Damn, the, the, Laser Wolf is damn. The, that sucks, dude. I guess it's the, the the they give like um, an an appetizer plate, which is like nine different. Uh, it's like red. meze, right? It's yeah, like the it's little, like the, the little baba ganoush, little right, right, right. pickled um, green peppers, uh, not green pepper, green tomatoes, hummus in the middle. That was incredible. Hummus was fantastic. That's, that's the, like all I want to eat, yeah. The baba was fantastic. The pita was really well done. But I think they're just lacking on the entrees. Like, the, the we got the chicken and the and my wife ate the lamb. And the lamb, she said, it tastes like anything we would get, like, an Indian really? um, wedding. Like, they do lamb shish kebabs at Indian weddings a lot. And the chicken was like, decent but i wasn't like i think you were paying for the view because you get a, a fantastic view of the city um no, yeah, I have pictures of it but really really got to go out there but i wasn't blown away by the food by any means what is it really? called again laser wolf laser wolf yeah are indian weddings like is the food really good hell yeah that was my follow-up question yeah yeah how do i get in one of those man <laughs> well i mean like uh, in in new Marry york an indian woman. a lot of the you know the, the big Working thing to do it. is like uh you go to russo's on the bay in howard beach I mean, am I the only one that knows what that is? You are the only one. Okay, yeah, so Russo's on the Bay is a it. it's a wedding it's hall. Sick. It's in yeah, Howard it's Beach. Dope. Howard Beach Mafia. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what it's known for. But uh the the appetizer hour, uh there's like a, a pig on a spit. And uh then you have a, like it's all about the food in uh New York and Long Island mm-hmm. at the wedding. Like I had brought uh Ali Breen to a Long Island wedding and we had the appetizer hour. And there was like steak and lobster and all this other stuff. And she's like, no, no, this is the dinner. I'm like, this is the appetizer hour. She's like, no one puts what? out lobster for an appetizer hour. I'm like, you haven't been to a Long Island wedding. Yeah. This is the appetizer How hour. How do you follow that? Like, what, what just goes more, just so more food. Just, just so pure gluttony, food. man. It's, it's insane. But that's that's what people expect. And if they don't Shout get it, the cheat day, though. they don't get it. They're going to they're gonna not be happy and they'll remember it. Yeah. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah. It's, it gets real. If the food's bad at a wedding, you everything else could be fantastic. That's the worst wedding you ever been to. Yeah, like yeah, that's true. Indian weddings are known for their, at least the ones I've been to. The cocktail hour is like where the, where the food really shines because, dinner time like, outside of the like sixty year olds, everyone else is like liquored up and just dancing and sweaty and shit, and like they'll eat like you know a little bit here and there, but cocktail hours when the people really load up and so like that cocktail hour food is like will determine how good the wedding is because it's like at the one i went to my cousin's wedding last time like two weeks ago it was they had this restaurant called rasoy cater i don't know if you ever heard of rasoy it's this fantastic indian restaurant in jersey city but um they had two or three kinds of chicken they had like all these crazy vegetarian options and it was just i forget what they had i can't even remember uh, but like that makes the wedding at an Indian wedding because like yeah. at most Indian weddings it's not plated it's buffet because there's so many people um, where it'd be impossible to plate you know I think my cousin's wedding is like 400 people and my other cousin's wedding is wow, like 600 Lord. impossible to plate that you know so like the the you can't judge the buffet food as as you would the what's it called the stations that they had during cocktail hour. But even still, Brasoy did a fantastic job with the buffet then. But it was like a little cold because you know everyone been out. Uh, yeah, you're standing behind 600 people. Exactly. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's kind really, of a long line. Really, really hard to pull something like that off. Yeah, no, it's impo- It's damn near impossible. Yeah. Well, have you been to Damaka? Speaking of Indian food, yes. Have you went? Yes, it's fantastic. It's probably the best Indian restaurant Where's in the city. Damaka's in uh, Essex Market on yeah. Lower East Side. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so Chintan Pandya's restaurant. It's crazy. It's so it's the best Indian food I've ever had. It's also in New really, York. really beautiful too. Yeah, yeah. It's like really cool decor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's know? it's feels like you're in Mumbai kind of or Chennai at least. It's like. Very vibey. Yeah. yeah. Hard to get a res. Hard yeah. as fuck to get a res. I had notifs on for it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I had my boyfriend already. I was like, you ready to go? We yeah, got yeah. a 545. Let's. Exactly. Let's yeah. I, I'm, I've read, I was there two months ago, three months ago. Um, somehow my friend got a reservation for six people at like a dinner time, like at 7 p.m. Um, but, and, and when I was there, I ordered their, their paneer dish. So good. Was the best paneer I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. And I was like, I need this to go. And they're like, they're like, we don't make it to go. I was like, all right, well, let me order it to the table. And then once it comes to the table, put it in your to-go containers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it for the same for the chicken. Just because like, I was like. You, oh, that little, the little chicken that yeah, was. Yeah, that little chicken that, that they split half. Chi- yeah. yeah, that they split in half. And I was like, my wife didn't. It was just me and my goon friends. And uh, uh, so my wife didn't come. I was like, I need to bring this home. To my wife, she needs to eat this because it's the best Indian food I ever had. And now we have a reservation for next week at five o'clock. Nice. So like, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I don't, they don't do chicken tikka masala, but if you take the roast chicken that they make, which on its own is fantastic, and you chop it up and you put it in their paneer curry, whatever that comes with the paneer, it's, it's, it's the best chicken tikka masala you've ever had. It's so fucking good. And I don't even have a point of reference. I'm just like, oh, that's fucking good. And you're saying it does even it, stack up to the rest a, of Indian I've, food very well. I've been to every fantastic Indian restaurant in New York. Sema, Janoon, Tam- Tamarind, the places in Curry Hill. The market, places are dope. Yeah, the market takes a cake. It's the best fucking food. It's I don't know what they're doing to that paneer, but I could eat that for breakfast. <laughs> it's so good. It's I'm, I can't wait to eat it next week. I can't. I almost. I made my friends and I going to Yankee game next week and uh, the, against the Angels, and we we're like, let's go in the second. I was like, no, I'm I can't miss the Maka's reservations. I need to go on the first. <laughs> we got to go watch the game on the first. But yeah, that good. it's it that good. It, your life. Yeah, it, it really, it's that good. My wife's going to leave work a little early. Like, we got to <laughs> go, we got to eat there. So other than Demarca, where can they, Demarca, Demarca, Demarca where yeah. can they see you? Oh, well, I won't be, I'm, I'm here at the cellar. I mean, when, when is this, when is this going up? I don't know. We don't know. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, I'm I'm at the cellar this weekend, May whatever twenty seventh, I guess that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I'll be at Zany's in Nashville, June third and fourth. I'll be at uh, in Toronto, June tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Rochester, June sixteenth, eighteen. Vancouver, June thirtieth, and then a bunch of places you can find me on uh, findingnemesh.com. Awesome, Yo. I'm on the road. Uh, at Kit Reynolds Kitty. on Instagram. At cheat at at is it the cheat day show or just cheat day? She show handles the social. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually just forgot that. It cheat, the it's cheat day just show. cheat day show on Instagram and follow also RR comedy on TikTok because Ryan always forgets to say it. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'll upload that. Go ahead, Raf. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Chef Chef Raf NYC with it with a PH. Um, and yeah, it's, we'll we'll be posting about where you can find me. Not not on fucking Instagram. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's there's a bunch of events coming up for the for the NFT people that are coming in at the end of June. Uh-huh. 
Um, and yeah, cocktail bar opening up July 1st. It's called Jeremy's. And uh, yeah, I'm sure within the next day is a bunch of other shits coming up. So oh, yeah. I'll let you know next time we're here. Dope. Uh, you can catch me and uh, Kitty Monday nights here at the Comedy Cellar. We'll try to get into mesh on the show as well. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at RR Comedy. You can find me on TikTok at RR Comedy. This is at the Cheat Day Show. And uh, uh, we had chicken. We had roasted and fried chicken. It was Delicious. awesome. Uh, we're going to post the recipe on our Patreon. And uh, uh, cheat well, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Cheat Day Show podcast. To learn more about our show, the hosts, the comedians, our guests, our chefs, and more, visit our website, thecheatdayshow.com. Also, follow along with us on our social media, at The Cheat Day Show, on Instagram and Twitter. Future episodes can be found in all the places you get your favorite podcast. Our show is also sponsored by the world-famous Comedy Cellar on McDougal Street in New York City's Greenwich Village. Visit ComedyCellar.com for show lineups happening seven days a week. Later, cheaters. Cheaters.